Welcome into the DNVR Rockies podcast brought to you by Strava Craft Coffee. Remember to use the promo code DNVR25. You'll get 25% off your entire purchase of that CBD-infused, deliciously rich and potentially life-altering Strava Craft Coffee. I'm your host, Drew Creaseman, the managing editor of DNVR Rockies. With me, as always, is beat writer Patrick Lyons. And <laughs> isn't baseball just the most hilariously stupidly dumbest beautiful thing in the whole gd world man I, it's the best sport it's the it's, best sport it's the best <laughs> what, what, what it, it rules I, I don't know what else there is to say um other than i, I forgot how to break down a, a rocky's victory on the road i mean it's it's been a while we're a little rusty so anyone out there listening you know be patient with us we're still trying to figure this out um <laughs> They went from getting new waters yeah. together, right? Should have been a six-game losing streak, swept in by Pittsburgh, the, the other worst team in I the national ready. I was all ready for that whole conversation. And then four and a half minutes you know, ago, boom, Charlie Blackman just throws the Rockies back on his back again. Yeah. And they they steal one from the Pirates. Huh? Uh -huh. They stole one uh -huh. from the pirates yeah. <laughs> how about like, that yeah. so many times we can it, say it this episode it may yeah. may end up being a lot and I, i'll tell you what going into that ninth inning, their sweep they did plunder them yes they they took one from the bucks mm. although bucks mm. is plural of a dollar bill mm. but i'll tell you what going into that ninth inning i go all right well what if it's three two Right, it's it's three two. It doesn't matter if they're against the Dodgers. You go, you can you can steal a run. All you got to do, Kenley Jansen, who, whoever it is, Cubs, Craig Kimbrell on the mound. It doesn't matter who's on the mound. They put one over the heart of the plate in one swing. No matter who's up there. No matter um, how many strikeouts a guy has had in a game. Oh for three, three strikeouts, whatever. You put one over the center of the plate. These guys are professionals. They could tie it up that easily. And I thought, all right, Sunday. Usually some crazy things happen. This time last week, Trevor Story hit his walk-off against the Diamondbacks. What symmetry? And I go, yeah, but if they take the lead, or even if they just tie it, and then they lose it in the ninth, oh, man, that'll be so much worse. But I actually don't think it would have been. What, what do you think, Drew? If they would have just tied this game, and then Bard coming on for his second inning, even if you kind of forget that, even if you, even if Estevez was still available, and you go, Estevez is closing out the ninth, and they lose to the Pirates, would you say that that's, would that have been worse, the same, or better? Because they fought back, yeah, right? It's it, we're it's a really funny part of the season that we're in right, right now, and especially mm -hmm. because, as you said, like I was fully geared up to come on here and go, look, folks, you know, against my prediction that they wouldn't lose a hundred games and and that they could win closer to seventy than whatever, that's still not the best thing for this team, and the best thing is for them to just go ahead and get that the best draft pick that they can because fighting back. And really this, this was all ironically enough. And we can even tie this conversation into today's game. So much of this had to do with the reemergence of course of the Matt Adams discourse, which took several interesting turns today. And, and again, it came down to this, a lot of people upset because Matt Adams took some ugly, ugly ass at bats in some big spots in this game where honestly, if you got yourself a, a more, MLB capable player there. The Rockies probably win this game much more comfortably earlier in the game, kind of going away as they probably should have based on the number of base runners they had and all of that. But then 
I was going to, you know, come on and say, what if, and, and now I'll flip it. And, and this is not being me. True, you're always so negative. This is not me being negative. It would be to say, what if this win today cost the Rockies the number one overall pick in the draft? Was that little come from behind win on a base hit from Matt Adams, who's not a part of your team's future, which was going to be my whole defense anyway, right? My whole thing on the other side, right before he got that hit was going to be, it doesn't matter. Who cares? If he's costing you games, he's helping you get where you want to go ultimately, and he's not taking someone's spot. So on the flip side, that he helps you win a game is kind of like, it's nice for today. You don't want to get swept by the Pirates. No. (laughs) You you don't don't. want to set records for awfulness, I guess. You know, I, I see there's an interesting thing going on there don't don't be the worst road team in the history of baseball i guess get the number one pick however you get it but and those and those bad swings don't get erased because you know his first rbi with the rockies is now a a game winner right right um i i think i think part of the the issue that, that i think fans are having is that there's no clear direction in what's happening where you know again or to finish off in the Matt Adams argument frankly there isn't really anybody else that you could call up from from Albuquerque right now to get that playing time that Matt Adams is 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 in there for so you know and it's not to say you you take somebody worse available you know veteran presence you you have to still put out the the best possible team to a degree even when you're tanking but the Rockies aren't necessarily tanking i think the issue is have a direction because that's the whole direction of a, of a tank is, is to say, Hey, you know what? We're okay with not being good. It's not like we're intentionally putting out an awful product. We're just not going to try to make ourselves that much better. Uh, swing a trade. You know, if, if somebody else gives us a good offer, we'll go ahead and make that deal, whatever it is. Uh, you're, you are okay with that because as you said, you know, you, you get the glory of having the number one overall pick, uh, you also have the money and the finances that come with that. So even if you don't even pick the best player in the country, you pick or you draft the third or fourth best player in the country, offer him substantially lower money. And then with your second pick, uh, the the 37th overall, if you will, uh, then you can go and take a guy that was, you know, a high schooler that was probably going to go to college anyway. But then you swoop in and say, actually, no, we're going to give you first round money. So you get two first round picks for the price of one. If you if that's part of the plan and that's part of the dialogue, that's great. Only problem is we don't know if that's what the Rockies are doing. So yeah, I don't care about it, that part. That just, well, that's kind of important. That's kind of important to know I, how. I, I, I wholeheartedly disagree. I don't think it's important that fans have a total idea of what the Rockies' plan is. I think the Rockies know what their plan is. I think they're still deciding elements of it, and I think that's actually important too. I don't think it's important that they have decided an exact direction at this moment in time so i'm just i'm not with it there i think it's completely obvious that what the rockies are doing is a tank they're not trying to win baseball like you said they're not going out there every day trying to lose but they traded their best player for prospects who weren't able to go right now and they didn't sign they didn't take any of that money and sign anybody so i think it was pretty obvious from that moment that when they didn't bring in anybody and only got rid that that there's obviously going to be a tanking season so i know some people would feel better if they came out and said, "Hey, we're rebuilding," but to me, that doesn't—it just—that's what they're doing. So, right? Believe I think it or don't, but that's clearly what they're doing. Everything that well, Mac has said about you know this year is really about seeing what these young guys can do, and we're true, really above it. True. It's all right there. Like 
I yeah, feel so bad for Buddy. I just, it just, it, I feel I, so bad for what Buddy having to go through on this at, uh, in this stage. But, but I think part of the issue is that it's it's not clear that it, they're they're tanking because they've said the opposite, right? You know, even no, after they go and trade no, Nolan, no, hey, no, this no, is no, kind of a team that no, can be competitive and. Um, they're, one they're, time anyone's going to take Dick Monfort at his word is on the one piece of PR speak that every owner in baseball says where they just go, yeah, we're going to be competitive this year. He didn't mean it. Guess what, folks? He didn't mean it. One so you second, think he's being disingenuous to the fans. So, but do you understand how that could be upsetting to the fans? No. Every owner in all of professional sports does that before every season. Does it make it right? No. Stop. Yes. I don't Does it make care. it right? I don't care. I don't care at all. I don't care a little bit, not even a little bit. Well, if we're talking about how you, how to feel in this game, to where it's it's like a catch twenty two, where you're like, hey, cool, they, they snapped a, the, a streak. You, you certainly don't want to be on the wrong end of history in that way. And again, a lot of games left to play to see what they're going to do on the road. Um, you know, you don't want to be embarrassed. You know, in Pittsburgh against a team who was just embarrassed a couple days before with that whole weird Javi Bias play, and he gets. A, Far too much credit for that play, but it's good to be how it's remembered, <laughs> right? But but we're talking about like how to feel, and it and it is kind of hard to know how to feel because if 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 the team really isn't trying to do this and, and really isn't um, going for it, then you want you want to be disappointed in the victory today because as you said, it, it takes I mean, you further away from that first pick. Yeah, I guess, but again, because mm, even in tanking seasons, you're not going to lose every single game. And going ahead and, and not sweet, getting swept by one of the other worst teams in baseball at the very last moment, that number one pick is still very much in play, right? If you're playing this like is, the reverse yeah. standings, right? If you're looking at the reverse standings and this is almost like on the flip side, like a tough loss in a season where you want your team to be competitive, like, ooh, had it right there to the end and then they lost it. But they're right there in the hunt. The number one overall pick still very much in play. And uh, so, so that's kind of how I, I feel about the plenty of opportunity to lose against much better teams coming up on the schedule. They got the A's coming into town next week. Plenty of chances to lose there. Rangers uh, are in the bottom of the AL, so you gotta say, gotta hey, careful with that. You, when you lose a game to the Rangers, now you're losing two games to the Rangers, which is a good thing, right? Okay. If 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 that's where your your hope I, is I, at, I, you want the young guys to play well. But at the end yes. of the day, if you end up losing a game, so be it. And if we're talking about reverse standings, I should mention. Congratulations to the Detroit Tigers who just <laughs> finished off a sweep of the New York Yankees. Not quite the Pirates and Rockies, but still, yeah. hey, the, the the Yankees are helping out the Rockies in, in some shape or form with yeah. uh, gifting Detroit with three wins. Dude, <laughs> Yankees, man. Uh, oh boy, we gotta we gotta get Jake back on and and see if he's <laughs> where we're at. But he's yeah, he's probably yeah. not doing as well as we are because yeah. we did have much lower expectations. I think again, they didn't come out and say the word, but I think I, I said this on Twitter like yesterday or the day before, and I kind of reiterated it today about how it just uh, because I I'm kind of with Matt here in the comments at the number one overall pick. We've had this conversation about tanking, and, re and I was like, if they get third, I'll be okay with that too. Though the more I hear about Elijah Green and the way that draft is coming out next year, it's maybe like actually this might be one of those times when the one one is a big big difference than than the number two and getting Trasper, a lot Bryce Harper. I mean those right. are those are two those of the biggest ones again a decade ago. But that's what happens when you get these Correa. once in a generation players. Well even Correa was 
was, was, was not necessarily even the best. That's an example right. of when Houston that, was tanking. They, they said, there, yeah. let's draft a guy and pay him less money so that we can get more guys later on down the line, right. Lance McCullers <laughs> yeah. and Daz Cameron, who they ended up yeah. using in the Justin Verlander deal. So I, I feel I would feel better, and I think Rockies fans would feel better if, if the organization um, not only were a little bit more honest, but where we're clear about their direction so that if they are hunting for the worst pick, they, they, they can, they're more likely to get it. They're more right. likely the to get it if they're hunting there for was, it, right? I got 20 comments from people that all said, I thought it was incredibly clear going into the season. This is what was going on. And I think most Rockies fans knew that. And so I do too. So again, I think the people who were saying it's not clear are people who are being a little bit too clever and cynical for their own good out here. They're, they're parsing the sentence because they're people who are actually paying attention. They're the people who are going, yeah, but Dick Monfort said this. You know better. Stop. You know better. You do. You knew coming into the year they weren't going to be good. So either adjust your expectations or don't. But don't pretend like you had high expectations of this Rockies team and then smack them around when they're bad. We knew they were going to be bad. That's what they're going for. So, yes, it is a good thing that they're just going to let most of these young guys play. If they had a young first baseman, he'd be in there instead of Matt Adams. They just, sure. Ryan Valet just got to AAA. Give him a minute. You know, just give them a minute. Uh, so beyond that, it's just, you know, they're going to throw out Jordan Sheffield and Carlos Estevez and see what those guys have. They pitched well today. Good to see. They're going to let guys like Freeland work back into it, give, try to work out of situations rather than handing it off to bullpens or whatever. And that's the kind of stuff that it's right. been the season going in. So that's why, to me, it's just like people keep wanting to come back from one comment, from one press conference from the owner. And it's just like. Yes, it is, it is indicative of, of where his head's at. But you're right. There are a lot of Rockies fans that expected this. I don't think they expected no, what we're seeing right now. I don't know that we're, they expected what we're seeing right now. But you're right. They, they The hopes were definitely on the lower side. But then there are those other fans that you know, maybe didn't know any better and how they feel about, you know, may, maybe they're not the hardcores, but they go to Coors Field a lot and, and they're spending their money. And, and I really would be interested – and again, we, we got our hardcores here. Those aren't the people that need rebuilds, though. We, we, <laughs> right, we, we got our hardcores already right here. But it would yeah. be interesting to actually find out. Those folks that just come to hang out, like, are you okay with being lied to? They probably would be in a weird way, right? Like, if you're like, look, I'm getting what I want. I don't really care how or, or why. It's it's probably an ethical question that most people probably would be fine with. Like, yeah, I just want to go to a game. I don't care what the owner's saying, and I don't care how disingenuous Again, the, the I, office I is. Kind of they like probably don't care. The hard your, they know what's going yeah. on. You're right. It's like watching your average commercial and say, do you like being lied to? And it's like, well, no, but I get what they're doing, and you get what they're doing, and they get what they're doing. So yeah. why am I being irate that they're – selling their product in a way that they're just trying to sell tickets. Like I, right. we all understand what they're doing. Let's, you know, come on. We know what's going on there. So then, so then I guess the next question would be, is being a, a 100 loss team or not being a 100 loss team? Is that important? No, it's completely unimportant. That's why it's so funny to me that it's a question we spend so much time on. And I get it. It's a talking point around the team or whatever. And it's one that I'm against the consensus on. So we've, we've got to come back to it. But it's just like, it doesn't matter. If I'm right because they lose 99 games and then they do get the third overall pick because a couple of other teams did lose 100 games, that's not better in any pragmatic way for anybody except, I guess, on those two or three days in the next couple of months where Rockies fans will get to be happy they won the baseball game. But that's just, yeah, I I, I don't 
I don't care if they lose 105, 110 baseball games, because I think the roster next year is going to be 70% different people. <laughs> so I just, you know, maybe, I mean, maybe, maybe not. Right. Yeah. yeah There's yeah. going to be some new pieces and yeah. there should be some better pieces as each year. I, I in the next couple of years, it's going to be a massive turn. Right. Oh yeah. Um, I, I understand what you're saying entirely, but I would disagree. I would say that, that losing a hundred games is actually very important. And this goes back to the, the conversation we're having about ownership and how, they might be trying to lie with a straight face. And yeah, sure, the hardcore fans, they understand that. But I, I think the fans deserve a lot better. And I think, you know, by, by losing a, 100 games, I think that takes away, um, ex- I don't want to use the word excuse. There's a better word to describe it. But I think that does take a, something off the table for ownership to say, hey, look, we've never been a 100 loss team. And you say, well, you can't say that anymore. So you know what? You need to maybe start producing a little bit more. Uh, and start re- stop relying on on Coors Field just being this mecca and uh, and making that money and really trying to have a better long term plan because you know you pointed out something great on Twitter for anyone who doesn't understand this year is is an exception um, you know I, I think Montfort should be taking the task a little bit for the drop in payroll but for the most part you're right uh, what you said on Twitter was you know he's 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 paid he's paid some big bucks for a, a smaller market team they've always been around tenth. Um, highest payroll in, in right. the game. You know what I mean? Even after the strike, you think about what that could have potentially done um, to teams and with, with with fans not coming back to the ballpark and whatnot. They went out and they signed the best pitcher available, and Bill Swift, and the best hitter available, and Larry Walker. They went out and did that. And yeah, this pandemic has hit everybody. Um, you know, some teams may be harder than others. I think the Rockies probably scaled back a lot more than than they probably should have, especially when you look at what other teams did. But you're right; they they have spent that money, which which is really nice. But I think just spending money in the present tense uh, is isn't cutting the mustard really. I think anymore. I think a hundred losses takes away that excuse uh, and and really forces them to say, all right, maybe we need to have more of a five six year plan. That's where that that tanking piece comes in, and it's an actual direction rather than. You know what, let's just stay the course and do what we've been doing, which hasn't necessarily been working because now we do have a hundred loss team uh, on our record. Not great. It happens. And we also still haven't won the division. So now we need to work on fixing that part. And maybe, maybe that brings about a much bigger change that the hardcore fans can get behind. So in that way, you know, I think a hundred losses could be beneficial you know, for, for the entire organization for that reason, in addition to, of course, that really good draft pick in 2022. Fair enough. I only care about the draft pick. I mean, I, I see where you're going with all that, but I just, I, I don't, that's the exact narrative and, and line of uh, thinking that I've been railing against for over a decade now. I just creating a plan for the future. No, the just all the all the presumptive stuff that they're not doing any of that, that they've been doing the same thing over and over again and expecting different results. There was, it was a completely different thing under Dan O'Dowd. We've had this conversation before. Sure. I just I just get exhausted. No, they the do different things. I, I think probably I one of their issues changes anything. Right. Right? No, I think they, they will always do different things. I think it's just, again, you look at the industry standards and. You know, a lot of a lot of people look at Colorado and say, "Yeah, they're they're doing things that nobody else is is doing, and and not in a good way." And, yeah, and, and I those think people for that reason, disdain and disrespect. They're, they're struggling. I get it, but I don't care. I just 
they haven't put in the time or research and they don't care and they're often wrong about very basic things so you're not wrong if you have no analytics that's obviously not wrong right now dear this season yes that hasn't been true this is again the they've reacted to the pandemic very differently than a lot of other people were we don't know what their books are we really don't know what Montfort had or didn't have to spend uh you know and if he had to cut payroll in those ways so that he didn't have to lay anybody off or furlough anybody the way most of the other owners in baseball did then i say he did the right thing and sorry that the baseball team sucks but you got to get the human questions right first so we don't know we don't know the answer to that but the idea that what's happening right this moment this season now in the after pandemic and after nolan Arenado situation is indicative yeah. of who dick monfort is and has been for his entire tenure of colorado rockies i think is both inaccurate and illogical i just don't think it's right and i think it but again it buys into this very long very old narrative that people have been pushing for a very long time that ultimately is irrelevant to the question of what they're actually doing, what their plan is. We want to talk about what they're saying about their plan, not about what's actually going on. Well, they're saying their plan is that, that like they're cool, like they're good, it's all copacetic. Which I know, and that's what people want to focus on, which is the one thing that Dick Monfort said, which doesn't even matter. He's not even the guy. I think that matters. I, I think that matters if there's if there's some. Just don't. It's disingenuous. It yeah, and you know what? You're you're right. Like he's gotten the people. Every thing. owner in baseball does that. Every owner it doesn't in make it right. Sports does that. It doesn't make that right though. But you focus that, that's on it more than anybody else doesn't make it that's not that's ridiculous making it more a part of the conversation than it would be anywhere else expecting him to go and do things differently act above and beyond it's absurd no i expect that's him to silly. do the things that the other many of the other 29 teams are are doing and i understand and, and, and that, again the new analytics department you're right are. is more recent than anything i i hope he does put people above everything else and and you can do both of those things you can put people above you know the the product and and still have a great product and and win a division. Uh, I was a little concerned. You know, last week it didn't really get too much coverage that the Rockies had designated uh, Brett Boswell for assignment, uh, and he was injured, and so he's no longer on the forty man uh, roster. And they 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 could have put him on the the sixty day IL and taken care of him that way. He would have gotten some service time. He, you know, he would have been you know still paid as a member of the forty man roster. I hope that 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 isn't something that changes and that it does become more about money because we know that Dick Monfort has done a lot of really good things for the city. Uh, he's taking care of his people and, and some, sometimes it, it looks stranger than others, but I hope that's, that's not a change because I really think, you know, Brett, Brett Boswell was, was done a little bit, bit dirty there. And, and, and we hope, you know, if he can't return to the Rockies, which we know a lot of guys are, are very close knit and that's, that's because how the Rockies organization is, is run where they are very much like a family. So you see those guys, that you know get designated for assignment, but they come back. They end up coming back. So I hope that's the case for Brett Boswell because uh, you know he's he's loved and appreciated by by his teammates. And there's a lot of Rockies fans out there that that were big uh, B Boz fans. So we we, right? we hope he's the best. <laughs> the people people on the Brett Boswell train. There's yeah, there's there's a couple on the on the Boz bus. <laughs> yeah, that <laughs> nice couple weeks in spring training a couple of years ago. Yeah, I remember that going on. But yeah, again, it's just it. The things people choose to focus on and, and having the conversation over and over again. And it's just like, you know, okay. I, it just. <laughs> it's a one-sided conversation. I think that's where people are struggling because again, ownership doesn't need to do it, right? They can continue to do what they want. 
Uh, I think that's where a lot of the, you know, hey, let's protest, let's do this, so that, you know, ownership really Why starts to listen no to the Why is there no obligation for fans and media to exercise just the single bit of adult brain? Why isn't there just a little bit of obligation on people to go, you know, I know he said that, but I know it's what he has to say because that's what everybody says. We all know what's going on here. Let's be adults. Why is there no obligation on the people throwing food and whining and bitching and moaning about something they know isn't true? This is this is mind boggling to me that we have to make it about this, that we can't just talk about, hey, look at the steps they are making forward. Look at the team president. They're going to go outside the organization. What should they do with this piece or that piece? Can they do a quick turnaround? Can it be a longer turnaround? And it's just, no, it doesn't matter. Anything and everything they do sucks. They have no pieces to sell. The owner sucks anyway. He Everything they do from Matt Adams being on the roster to what he said in a press conference that was about other things months ago. And it's just like, why? Why is this the conversation we have to have? Why is that so upsetting? I think that might be the next, that would be the question. Because Why would that be so upsetting? it's been going on for years. It's exhausting. But you're more exhausted at the fans, but you're blaming the fans the rather than the ownership. Why, rather than, why does it have to be one or the other? This is absurd. Because you said it's a conversation that's been going on. Middle school stuff. I'm sick and tired of it. Rockies won a baseball game today. Just want to talk a little bit about the ball game and what the next steps are moving forward. Bringing everything back to how Dick Monfort sucks because he said something months ago. And, and doing it every year for 15 years since he really took over. Well, I'm, I'm the one having a conversation with you. I, I, I wasn't doing talking with you on the... BSN Rockies podcast 15 years ago um, <laughs> right. or, or, or any of it those is, things. But it was the same conversation when it was Dan O'Dowd. That's why it's exhausting. Because I, I really think there are a lot of really fascinating and interesting conversations to have about this team. And going there are, back for sure. To yeah. the, the owner lied to the fans. Oh, he did not. He said a standard thing. It was that simple. Why we have to run away with it and get upset about it and all pat ourselves on the back for look at how we've caught him in this lie. I just, I don't know. It's like I said, it's exhausting because it never ends. And there are so many other far more interesting conversations to be had about the team. Yeah, that's true. But, but, but don't you think it's easier for ownership to, to address that part of the conversation rather than have the fans stop I don't, whining I, as you called it? No. I don't and I wouldn't, especially not through, frankly, this press, through modern press. No, absolutely not. Not the way things get twisted and torn, especially when I'm still trying to figure out stuff right now if I'm up there in that front office, exactly what the next couple of steps need to be. That would be a great conversation. And I don't think that placating the fans and throwing your entire team under the bus by coming out saying, you know what, we expect to suck this year. And then you got to go in there and look Ryan McMahon and Charlie Blackman and Trevor Story in the face. No, I don't, I, don't. Suck. I don't think any owner would again, ever say that. Again, <laughs> but if they were I, honest with the fans about that, you know, hey, we're in a part of a rebuild. They don't even use the word rebuild. Like tanking no, is the ex- one extreme. We know that. A lot of people in sports won't. And it's like, again, I, okay, but I, I get why they don't do that because there are more people that are casual fans who will just stop buying tickets and that's less money, which is then less money to spend on your rebuild. And so they don't gain anything out of it other than people being less mad at them on Twitter. That's all you gain. 
like I, I told, I wouldn't do it either. I wouldn't come out and say, here's exactly what we're doing or here's partially what we're doing. Cause again, it's going to get twisted around and people are going to be mad at you anyway. And all you gain, even if you totally nail that move is people being slightly less mad at you and the casual is going to stop buying tickets. Now you have less money to spend on your rebuild. So no, I wouldn't do it. But if the goal, if the goal in sports is to win a championship and you do those things and you lose some people and maybe you lose some money along the way, don't you gain them back by winning that championship? Don't you have some confidence in yourself sure, that you can you win, win championship, that championship? It's not and you win yeah. tenfold. You win, win that much money. The Houston Again, Astros aren't hurting for money. Since Dick Monfort they got it done. Colorado Rockies, only nine teams have won the World Series. The idea that, oh, if you do everything right, you'll just win the championship. Like, it doesn't work that way. You might, you might, but it, does, it doesn't, it does not work that way. So I no, think the, the idea that you just take, like, you just throw these guys under the bus because in four or five years, you're going to win a championship. And then when that doesn't happen, it's just like, I, it, it, it's an endless cycle, man. And there, there are plenty of teams who've gone through that. You know, I know we've talked to playing these Pittsburgh Pirates gone through that. Yeah, they've been struggling for a very, very long time. And you know what? They, they've got some, some good prospects coming in the pipeline. But for them and their fan base, I mean, that, that's the conversation to shift to, is to say, all right, hey, Rockies fans, we know you're, you're upset and what have you. But you did have back-to-back postseason appearances. You did win a wild card game in, in 2018. And, yeah, sure, you're, you're thinking more about tomorrow than anything else. But the Pirates have been they, – they haven't even won that postseason game. Right, they had three consecutive wild card appearances, and I think 12, 13, and fourteen didn't get it done. Poor Clinton Hurdle there, um, and they've long had really good draft picks and had some really good prospects in their pipeline, and they had nothing to show for it. So while you go, oh, you know, and I haven't really, to be honest, I haven't really seen too many Rockies fans uh, really wallowing to the depth of. Oh man, I wish I lived in Pittsburgh, and uh, it's kind of hilly there. Which a couple of couple of years there, where McCutcheon yeah. was doing his thing, where it was like, "Hey, we want to be like those guys." No, and they got a great ballpark and all those things. But yeah, no one, no one wants to be a Pirates fan because part of their story is, you know, again, they've had the prospects, they've had the picks, but they still have never been able to get it done. And I don't actually know what what their deal is. So I'm sure some of it was, you know, uh, a bad luck because I think in the wild card games they faced Bumgarner, Arietta, and Bumgarner. Yeah. yeah so that's game. that sucks, but that's why you got to win your division. You got to do a little bit more spin. They're really a small market club that will almost forever be a small market club. So I'm sure they've got their ownership issues. So you know, Rockies have had it had it a lot better. So you know, a great a great farm system isn't everything. So. They got the better of the Rockies in the Clint Hurdle Cup, as I called it. So uh, <laughs> they they'll, they'll play again at the gotta end of the month. Got to bring him back. Get him back involved somehow. But, uh, yeah, no, I, I, I don't want to live in Pittsburgh. <laughs> no, one, no one wants to, to live in Pittsburgh. It's, it's, so. it's the steel city for a reason. Although it is very hilly. It is. I have some family uh, in the Pittsburgh area, and whenever we would go and visit, there were roads that were so steep. It was like San Francisco. If you've ever driven in San Francisco, and you think if I lean back in my chair too far, I'm, this car is going to topple backwards. Like it's that intense just, in Pittsburgh, uh, without the beautiful mountain yeah, or the ocean it's and the Golden Gate Bridge. San Francisco thing, yeah, I didn't know they did. Yeah. Um, 
All right, got to get to a couple of these. Of course, we got to let you know about our friends at Gabby Insurance. Stands for Get a Better Insurance. That's how you remember it. G-A-B-I dot com slash D-N-V-R. And uh, check them out, man. They're absolutely awesome. You got to spend less than 10 minutes on their site and you'll end up with a lot more money in your wallet or in your bank account. Uh, I, I, I realize I said wallet a bunch of times as though we're all still walking around carrying dollar caches in our dollar digital wallet. Yeah, digital wallet digital wallet uh, at gabby.com slash dnvr i saved 480 bucks just on car insurance for the year our guy eric weedham saved over a grand you can save money on your home and car insurance by going there checking them out at gabi.com slash dnvr it'll put a big old smile on your face when you've got that more money in your wallet and that smile could and should be brought to you by our friends at green mountain dental best damn family owned dentist in the metro area they're located 15 minutes outside of downtown Denver, and they will take care of you just like your family. They'll talk to you all about sports. They'll hook you up with a free Sonicare toothbrush when you schedule your cleaning x-ray and exam. And again, they'll just make your dentist appointment about as comfortable and maybe even fun as it could possibly <laughs> be. And one more for you. You'll probably want to make sure that you're going to our friends at Green Mountain Dental if you're eating a whole lot of illegal peats, which you should be. You all know about illegal pizza. I was actually talking to some friends the other day that were that were visiting, and we're talking about the sponsors, and the, and I mentioned that illegal pizza was one of them. They were like, "What? What do you do to sell illegal pizza? Just remind people that there's illegal pizza." <laughs> Pretty much, yeah. <laughs> it's like you know, poor local business too. That's and that's what all yeah. of these businesses are. They're, they're local right. businesses too that are just crushing it all around the state of Colorado. Yeah. Uh, that's part of the reason they're trying to help out the whole community. Yeah. So they're hooking you up uh, with some deals when you show an event to a ticket. They'll get you a free draft beer or harsh margarita uh, with an adult entree uh, when you show them that ticket to a same day event. You're going down to the ball game anytime this next week. Make sure you get some illegal peats down there in Lodo after. Or there's also one if you're coming by the DNVR bar, more to drink and watch sports. But you, we got great food at the DNVR bar, don't get me wrong. But if you feel like some illegal peeps, there's one right down the street from us there. So check them we out. We got one in Boulder too. So if you say, hey, you know what? I need to get out of the city. I want to go on a hike, do something. Boom, there's one right on Pearl Street. And is there still one up on the hill? I haven't been on the hill. Uh, there should while. be, yes. <laughs> yes. Or if you want to see what I'm the not, situation is going I'm on cool. there. Now that, that's something you people watching too. Pearl yeah. Street, great people watching. Yeah. The Hill, also very interesting people watching. Yeah, the Hill's gone through some interesting transitions over the years. There's a really cool record shop. I wonder if that's still there. I would go back up there. There's a like you you what records were these things? Okay, kids, Michaela's not here. They were like CDs, but much bigger on something called vinyl. And people would put music on them and they'd come in these big cardboard boxes with cool with art was nice and it was tangible feel your music. You could smell it. It had a smell. You could smell your music before you would play it. I think on Folsom in Boulder, uh, there's Bart's Record Shop. And then they also, on Pearl, off of the bricks, is a brand new record shop that uh, just opened up. Uh, I'm not sure. It's, it's like it's like Pearl and maybe 17, something like that. Yeah. But yeah. No. And they have cassettes. They have cassettes there, too. I don't know why you'd want it. I guess that's Did a retro it? thing now. Yeah, yeah, maybe you can, but there's not, yeah, there's not, cassettes are plasticky and cheap and all. Like, there's a benefit to playing Nintendo. 
right? Yeah. Go back play Super Mario Brothers too. Like yeah. any of the, there's a benefit to that of nostalgia with yeah. the tape. I mean, you can just go on Spotify and listen to that same artist and be nostalgic. I don't know why you, it necessarily needs to be. I don't know. Maybe it is the same thing for those audio files, if you will. Maybe, yeah. There, I bet there's something. One thing that I oddly do miss about the tape and the VHS is that weird rewind sound. That <laughs> yeah, yeah. Something yeah. Or if you want a reel to reel. Yeah, but going back to the cassettes, no one was into eight tracks when we were kids. No, there was right. never an eight track right. like, <laughs> no. oh man, I'm gonna go and get. No one did that. No. And I don't really think anyone's doing the cassette thing either. Right. Sorry. Right. Kind of like how no one needs an Atari. Like, you have your original Nintendo, but Atari, no. that's just for to show you have one. That's in a glass. This somewhere. cell phone is better than Atari, like 25,000 times better. It has yeah. all the games. It, it, yeah, it's a myth. Uh, Will saying cassettes were out significantly faster than any other format. Is that, is that right? Is that Might is be. the least? A-tracks, I think, were pretty short too, but but cassettes were were low on that totem pole. VHS probably had a good long run. I feel like they yeah. they were very that was very long. Yeah, had a had a good run. You remember HD DVD before there was that in Blu-ray? Yes. Yeah. And I thought the HD DVD was the one that was going to win out that battle. Yeah. And I was wrong. Did not. Yeah. Blue. <laughs> Just like. It's always it's always one that will do, and I think there was something else for VHS too that came out around the same time. I'm not not sure what, it, what it was. No, that, uh, maybe maybe that's what that was. Is, the word came to my mind, <laughs> and I won't and I won't explain why uh, VHS defeated Betamax or why Blu-ray defeated HD DVD. But if you do a Google search, uh, there's a certain industry out there. Uh, that oh, produces right. a lot of those films, right. and um, pretty much whatever one they go with, that's the one that ends up winning. That's, so that's we'll right. leave it at that. Uh, it's all explained in the documentary *Tropic Thunder*. If, if you want to watch it, <laughs> is that true? Is that actually in there? Uh yeah. Really? Yeah. yeah. The character. What's that? Oh, what's the comedian's name? Shoot, I'm gonna forget his name. Alpa Chino. <laughs> no, uh, Jay Bruno. Oh, you Jay Bruchel. Bruchel. You know the guy I'm talking about, mm -hmm. right? He's in like yeah, yeah, he's, yeah. <clears throat> he's in that that no, he wasn't in Fiji Dukes, sorry. He was an um, undeclared. Yeah. One of those. Jacob's with me. Right. Okay. Now we got <laughs> Um oh I had a Zoom. Jacob, I had one of those little Zooms. Uh, that was Microsoft, I think, right? Microsoft Zoom, yeah. But Jay Bruchel, there's a scene where they're all just kind of walking through the jungle. And they, you know, it's a long, they've got to get back. They've been lost or whatever. So they're filling time. It's a montage and they cut back in and Jay Burrishell is explaining to everybody in the line, the battle between Blu-ray and HD DVD and the industry that it came down ah. to that happens. And then he finishes the story and, you know, no one was paying any attention. <laughs> I've, I've not seen that movie. I actually did see that in theaters. Uh, I, oh. haven't, I haven't really seen it since. I, I think it would probably hold up. It'd also be a little cringeworthy. Uh, couldn't make that movie today. And I, they barely right? could make That's, it then. I don't it, know how they made it even then. It, it is amazing because it's a comment on blackface, but it's still blackface. Mm -hmm. <laughs> it's it's still, yeah. I bet And acting and taking roles uh, as uh, the, uh, that maybe yeah. a disabled actor could take. There's, yeah. there's that element of it too. I bet there are really interesting think pieces on all of that by people who are smarter and better educated in the history of the arts than us. But yeah, that's, yeah, that's interesting. Well, thinking of think pieces, uh, what, yeah. what did this week make you think of? Like what, what are some I, like positive takeaways? 
Are that, there that from, we can have from this week, non McMahon related, non Ryan McMahon related. He and I, I know I, I would say just baseball, but I, I am going to have to force you to say good things that happened in the Rockies world. Oh, I was going to say, I am going to force He's, you. Okay, so Ryan McMahon. This Ryan time, McMahon was still very good. No baseball games played. No baseball games were played on this week a year ago. The Rockies won. That's good news. Zero baseball games. And as Will pointed out here in the comments, they went two and one in full real baseball games this week. That's right. The Colorado Rockies had a winning record in nine inning ball games this week. I will say they've been, I mean, they've been terrible in a lot of different categories. I'm sure you could. They've been (laughs) terrible in play. If only it wasn't for double headers. Yeah, yeah. yeah. But the double headers, haven't they been especially bad, wouldn't you think? I don't know if there's a way to look up, but have they won? well, they, they won that second one in the doubleheader against the Giants, yeah. barely at the end. The Mets won the same thing, too. The they won, almost yeah. beat DeGrom. Well, Padres, they won the second one. Yeah. And what about the Giants one? I don't remember. Yeah. You think they won one in the Giants? I think they might have won the one in the Giants. One in the Giants. So, so maybe it's not as as uh, egregious as I was thinking, maybe. But, yeah, certainly on this, this it seemed like the seven-inning games, especially when you're on the road and you're – like what they needed. And I think – the very end of the final game, maybe, maybe is some evidence of this, that what you need is more at-bats, as many as you can get to find something, right? Find a rhythm, see the ball, track it a little bit. Like hitting is all about, and that's the thing too, again, it's sort of to, to soften the conversation from earlier is it's just like, there are a lot of really interesting things about like the magic of trying to hit a baseball that are just very weird. And while it's easy enough to just say, well, it's because they, suck but it's also like right but what but what is the answer and and how is it uh like the pirates guys were were i was watching the pirates tv broadcast for all and i tweeted this out right about how they were just flabbergasted that john gray is so much better at home than he is out on the road and i was able yeah. to think of a bunch of pitchers i checked the stats i was right you know really two-thirds of the if you were to come up with the top 10 rockies pitchers again just rockies pitchers you get a list of 10 guys Two thirds of those guys were better at home. The other, like Marquez, are, are way better on the road. Way better on the road as Marquez. Ubaldo Jimenez was was better on the road, not significantly, but better. But the guys you think of, Freeland, Cook, Francis, Jorge de la Rosa, John Gray, all better at home. You have no such list of names of hitters. The inverse, right? Gerardo Parra, and of list. You've got a singular seasons where Charlie Blackman was almost as good on the road. Right. Was at home. You had 1997 where Larry Walker was almost as good on the road as he was at home, but better on the road than at home. Zero Rockies hitters. Let's solve that problem. And what is it? And what do you do? And who were, and why, you know, was there something to the fact that Charlie was finally able to come around and find a rhythm in the, in the final game. And if so, what, and let's study that guy's DNA and Gerardo Parra's and some of these guys and Tapia didn't get a, you know, we know he's been cold lately, but still coming through with a couple of base hits and you find, you know, what's going on there. So I think the fact that they actually did find a little bit of life at the very end and you go, you know, they need more opportunities. They need more road pitching machines. They need more analytics and 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 research and information and data and all of that needs to be put into solving this problem. So that's where I'm 100% with you on the ultimate solution as much as we 
seem to disagree about what the Rockies are or aren't doing about it or what they should or shouldn't say about it. I think you and I agree on what they should be doing about it. <laughs> and that's ultimately the most important thing, right? And so it's just like, there's something there. There's a lot to be learned um, in what we just witnessed if people want to run the data and figure it out. Because it's not just as simple as, well, they're dumb and they suck. They, that's, they, that's also true. <laughs> but that's also true. But yeah, yeah, you need to take something more away from than that, yeah. right? And then right. And, and and not to go back to the conversation, but I think that can be some of the frustration with ownership in the front office is to say, well, what are you trying to do to learn from it? Because, you know, it goes back to Charlie Blackman and his uh, magical curveball machine that they take on the road and is, is to get a feel for it, to know what it's like. Like, you know, I, I had a conversation yesterday about the course Field effect and the hangover effect and, and how no other team has to deal with that at all. Like, it's just... Three days, you wash it, you don't change your swing. It's like why you see guys, oh, don't ban the shift, just hit it the opposite way. So change your whole swing. Oh, yeah. You're right. We, we need to get back to a, a point in which guys have the capability of, of doing something like that. But at the same time, you know, it, we're not seeing that happen, happening, right? It, it, it's not going down. So, right. you know, Rockies need more Charlie Blackmans. And, and again, I, I, I like creating – certain fun narratives. I, I try not to be a narrative guy, but uh, at least ask the questions uh, that, that might go with a narrative. But you say, you know, just Ch Charlie Blackman is not a Hall of Famer, but maybe he becomes this icon. I feel like I may have even said this before. He becomes mm -hmm. some kind of Colorado icon where the things that he does behind the scenes and as, as, a, as a player, you know, who's, who's dealt with what it's like playing at altitude and some of the things he's already tried to do from the inside. And maybe after his career, he latches on as a coach and somehow takes this team in the middle of nowhere here in Colorado at, at 5280. Uh, he's able to elevate them. And then as time goes by, people go, hey, you know how the Rockies are just one of the 47 baseball teams that exist right now. Again, this is some point in the future where there can be an odd number of baseball teams. Um, <laughs> but you go, you I know what? Too, remember? Yeah. You, you know what? There was a there was a pivotal guy at one point. He was almost a pioneer during the 2000s. Yeah. Charlie Blackman. Now there's a 0.001% of that happening, but there is a chance that Charlie Blackman becomes that guy that unlocks the box that can legitimize ball players both home and on the road for this organization. Yeah, uh, well, and and I think also one of the things that he has going in his favor is his this beard. thing that I'm... <laughs> okay, one of the other things that he has going in his favor uh, is that he wants to solve the puzzle. As he we does. talked about it, right? He's as curious and interested in this unique problem as anybody, I'd put him right in the analytics department the second he retired. I don't want. Oh my him. god, that would be amazing! Him. I don't want him out there on the field messing with guys' mechanics and swings. You can't teach people Charlie Blackman's mechanics, <laughs> and maybe he would be a good enough communicator. Maybe that'd be a good job for him. Put him in the analytics department. I want him sitting Ooh. in there crunching the numbers with the guys. But when the guy spits out the thing and says, "Man, on such and such pitch, the first three games on a road trip, we're hitting." 058 and charlie goes oh yeah i remember seeing those pitches it looks like this and becomes that we got to tell the guys that when it looks like that let it 
go so they stop swinging at that garbage or whatever he can go and communicate in ball players speak with the smartest people in the world sometimes can't always communicate down you know to the ball player so uh, you know i want charlie around forever for that reason again i think you need as many people in this organization who want to solve the puzzle as as you can find and who are very curious about doing it so i like that charlie blackman is kind of the forever man of of the Rockies because they've had obviously you know Todd Helton was there for his whole career but then his career ended and he went fishing and <laughs> Ted, thanks that was fun I'm going back to wearing orange all the time <laughs> totally. University of Tennessee no. yeah but, so the, yeah. the the next team president uh of of this organization maybe we don't know but the next one after that maybe it's Charlie Blackman Charlie Blackman. we talk about Clinton Hurdle you know, being a guy who knows the organization fairly well, former ball player. It's one of the reasons why for a you know, long period of time, if you didn't play in the majors, you you weren't going to be a manager. Because it's like, what, why would I listen to you? You don't necessarily know about these things, right? right. And I think we've gotten past that. Again, we, we have female coaches in the NBA. I'm like, yeah, but you never played in the NBA. Right. So I, I can still coach you, or I still played at a high level. I might not have been at, at, at that level in the NBA. Um but it, it, that's, that's something that would certainly allow uh, analytics or those kind of weird things of thinking outside the box. That makes it more palatable, I'm sure, for players to have other players or former players, especially successful ones like Charlie Blackman, um, more likely to say, yes, I, no, I, I will try that or I am okay with that. And there is some credence to this idea that, hey, you know what, here's how we figure out hitting on the road or here's how we pitch differently at home versus on the road. because. The Rockies are at a disadvantage, unlike any other team in baseball. Right. Or all sports, maybe even in all of sports. Right. So, and, and I would argue that. And, and I would ask this question again, going back to the, you know, home road splits thing. What's the difference between Ubaldo Jimenez and Herman Marquez and John Gray, Kyle Freeland, and Jorge De La Rosa? I don't know. I'm not I'm not entirely sure what that is. And someone needs to be on that question. And one of the things is I I know there were people here who are no longer with the Rockies because they don't have an analytics team anymore who were working on that. And we do know that, you know, Charlie Blackman's been interested in the question. Uh I know I've talked to plenty of players who've all they all know this is a thing. Chad Bettis, whomever else, John Gray talking about the different places he sets his sights differently to throw a slider at home than he does on the road, all kinds of things like that, right? But what they need are the overwhelming numbers so that they can get the guys that make sense, right? And so that's where, like, I'm totally with you, and I I think that right now is this really interesting opportunity for them to, they, they basically hit the reset button, right? Which is, it's kind of like, it's kind of like when your system, you ever been really ill, you know, when your system has to totally reset, you've been really, really sick and it sucks. And I'm not talking about like you're cold and you got to skip a day of work. I'm talking about you, you, no one can be near you because every orifice of your body is just projecting fluids. You, you understand what I'm talking about? You're just, and it and it feels and even though you know intellectually you've maybe felt this way a couple of other times in your life this is not the only time but it 
feels like this is the absolute worst you've ever felt. And you're going to feel this way forever. And it's never going to go away. And it's always going to feel like this. You can't even imagine what it feels like to just not hurt, to just be normal, to just feel a little cold. You're going, I would take a normal head cold right now. Give me a normal head cold right now. But it goes away. You're, You're resetting your system. And that's what's happening to the Colorado Rockies right now. That's what this road trip felt like. Go back to your question. What did you take away from this week? This was the projectile fluid everywhere of this sucks and feels horrible. And it feels like it's how it's going to feel forever. But it's not. This too shall pass. And there will be an opportunity standing in the aftermath of it to do some very interesting things. Um, (laughs) And, you know, after you wipe away the mess a little bit. <laughs> Could you continue being more graphic? descriptive on this? <laughs> a little graphic, yeah. Did I get a little graphic in there? Is that, uh, does that so, feel apt to where we are right now? So so despite what we saw, you're still thinking not the worst club in team history or not a hundred lost team? They could still. Or are you, you starting, know, to, you know, starting to shift they, a little? Are we shifting they, a little bit? You know they can hit the exact point between those two things and lose 99 baseball games, which would be the worst in franchise history, but not a hundred. I could get, I could, can I aim for exactly 99? Can I call that right now? How dope would that be? Um, yeah. You know I what? Mean, well, yeah. you kind of asked a rhetorical question like, hey, what's the difference between the, you know, that those groups of guys, you know, the two thirds of the best Rockies pitchers, how they were able to pitch just as well at home. And, and granted, you look at all Rockies pitchers, it's one third, maybe one fourth have been, you know, have, have been good. So three fourths have been off. And I think that's really what those announcers are, are getting at. But why were those the two thirds of the best of the ones that we typically know and think of? Why were they? Right. Why have they been able to do it? Replicate, right? Right. The 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 guy the guys who can't pitch at Coors Field. We know there's plenty of different kinds of people that can't pitch at Coors Field, and we don't necessarily need to identify a type there. Their statistics look like those projectiles you were talking about. (laughs) Exactly. But I go, I go. What what, what's the difference between them? What what helped them out? I and I just thought, well, they're good. You go, okay. Well, that's yeah, obviously. But but why were they? But but Marquez and and Jimenez are good. Right. Uh, Marquez and Jimenez are good. We're great at times. Right. But better out on the road. Why is John Gray significantly better at home? And and now going on several years, De La Rosa was able to do this too. Those are the guys whose DNA you need to be studying in a lab. You need to have guys studying the spin rate and velocity and location of every pitch that Jorge De La Rosa and John Gray have ever thrown in their lives. And I'm not just, that's what you spend this money on. That's exactly what Patrick is talking about, the analytics department. That's what they should be doing. You need to, you need to spend money on bringing these guys back into the organization and figuring out, because they might not know it yet. Ubaldo might not know why. Steve Reed, another name, who's, who should yeah. have at least 10 years <laughs> of coaching experience um, in the organization. Why, are, why haven't the Rockies gone out? and reached out to those guys who have been successful. That's obviously frustrating, but I think you're right. I think if you can bring those guys back, and even if they don't know, and maybe I'm sure they have an inkling, but you know, you, you can take that time and figure that out. Like they're part of the lab too. It's like, no, actually you're not one of the lab technicians. You're the study case. It's like, what? You know, that's a real like shutter Island, yeah. you know, like ending that flips around and Steve reads like what I'm the one hooked up to the electrodes. <laughs> Sorry, Steve. Yeah. You were the one that we hooked up, but, we're, but you can figure that out. You've got to, 
You've yeah. got to do something. And, it, and Charlie's yeah. doing something on, on the offensive end. And, uh, and I, I think there's, there's that hope. There is that possibility. I don't think in 50 years from now we'll still be saying, like, the Rockies haven't figured it out. They, right. they will eventually figure it out. The answer is out there. They, you know, frankly, they just need to do a better job at, at trying to find it. But they're going to find it one day. When they do and they unlock that, this is going to be a whole different it's organization. It's going to be amazing, yeah. It's going to be, it's going to be like AD and BC, Yeah, you know, before yeah. – or maybe the C is going to be it, – it's going to be – BC is going to be before Coors or, yeah. or after Coors, really. Yeah. Uh, and, and they're playing in Commerce City or somewhere else. And God forbid, not another city altogether. Oh, how dare you? How could you? Um, no, but I, I totally agree with you. I think it's, you know, and back to your point earlier, it's a very difficult, and that's probably why so I get hard. so exasperated with it because I feel like it's so often dumbed down and, and I feel like I get so often just constantly inundated with why don't the Rockies just do X? But of course, X changes from person to person. Everyone thinks they've got the obvious answer to the question. And I'm not even sure that most people are asking the right questions. And so Sure. That's where it's like, and maybe an up to and including oftentimes the Rockies, but it's been, you know, different people. Bill Guy Vett had a different way of looking at the the, the puzzle than Dan O'Dowd, who had a different way of looking. It might at not have even been a puzzle yet. It might not have well, technically been a puzzle, right? Dan O'Dowd definitely. No, Guy Vett's time. Oh, you go, you go, yeah, he well, just like, hit more home runs at Coors Field. <laughs> and you just go, all right, that's what it is. And then well, eventually the you go, days, yeah. oh, this is a problem. This is not good. Yeah. And well, and, and maybe to <laughs> my mom's like, quit talking about Commerce City. She, she's right, by the way. But <laughs> quit threatening that. Uh, but that maybe is, I guess, what comes back to the reason why I'm probably more in a place right now. What happens this year doesn't matter. And what's going to happen in the future is really interesting because I see the Rockies history. And, the, and I wrote about this coming into the season in these kind of clear six to nine year eras. Like it, it depends on the one, the era, right? But you had this like early, like you had the expansion era, which was really just them becoming a team in the first couple of years. Hey, we're right. happy we exist. We suck, but that's how expansion goes. 100%. Then you actually start to become a team. And the the ruling consensus on how you did that was to build a big offense, to play in an offensive ballpark. And they went out and signed all these big bats in it. Kind of worked. It, it dep- I don't know. It, it depends on what you are. They, they had three years there where they were above 500 every year. 95 was really interesting. Could have gone their way. Didn't, you know, that all started to fall apart. It got really bad afterward. It was decided that that much offense really was just unsustainable in a game where you've got to have pitching. The original ownership gets out of there. New GM comes in. They bring in somebody from outside the organization who had had success in Cleveland. A lot of success in Cleveland. Wow. Bring in Dan O'Dowd. And, uh, you know, humidor becomes a thing. Let's let's have a long-term plan. We're going to draft and develop. We're going to sign big-name pitchers. We're not going to be afraid of that. Mike Hampton, Denny Nagel, oops, you know, that whole era. Then they do turn around at the end of that, that decade and, and get a couple of homegrown teams into the postseason. Uh, then it all kind of falls apart again. The drafting and developing dries up. Dick Monfort. As his power grows during that tenure, becomes more involved in in the drafting game, and they start typing guys because they like their character and their religion, and not because they're the best ball player in the draft. They blow four or five of those things in a row. Now, draft and develop doesn't work because you don't have Troy Tulowitzki, Matt Holiday, and Brad Hop coming up through your system. Uh, now it's we're done. Now Bill Guy Vec gets inserted in, and now you got that whole problem. The two of those guys get wiped out. They're afraid to do anything new. You turn to Jeff Breidich. 
who I think had a really good idea of what to do and just hit zero on his execution of it. He had the right idea, pitch, defense, the offense will come where it needs to if those guys are really quality uh, takers of at-bats were Nolan, DJ, and Charlie. And then he went over on Desmond Shaw, McGee, Davis, every free agent. And, you know, he hits on one of those guys. We're having a very different conversation right now. So I think that's why looking forward, you go, somebody out there learned from this. Maybe they got closer in a way. Yeah. Well, you know, and the, the Breitage barrier might even be the greatest lasting <laughs> legacy his, his for him. Contribution. Not that it literally just exists, but again, it it may have shown like, hey, Dick, we got to try to do some experimental stuff. So let's see what happens. And we might have some really positive results. And I think ultimately, you know, the the result of the Breitage barrier probably didn't have a lot of, of impact. But you don't know that until you do that, right? Like they didn't lose right. anything because of the Breitage barrier. Right. But they could have certainly gained something. Or they could have learned that they shouldn't do that and, you know, uh, where the okay, next okay. step they were going to change the outfield. Whatever right. it is, they they tried something. And that's what the, that's what the tanking thing is, is, hey, let's kind of go with distance, put all the efforts in, in that area. And I think, you know, it's what's frustrating, I think, for fans is that all the things that we're talking about and all of the experimentation and whatever – like they could be, they could still be doing that right now. And it seems like they're not, especially without the analytics department. I think that'll be the next big boon. And again, it's frustrating because it, that takes time and um, for, for everything to finally Actually, get going. And there's no GM yet. They don't have that GM right. from outside the organization. It, it is, you're still waiting. Yeah. If you really want, if you're really being adult and pragmatic about the Rockies being best in the, the best that they can be in the future moving forward, then you want, whoever the next GM is building that analytics department and you want to be hiring the best analytics people available who right this moment are all working for other baseball teams. And so you're not going to get them right now. And it does mean, and it does mean if you do that, and this could be, you know, this could be the thought process of Mr. Monfort and why he hasn't necessarily done this before because analytics departments have the, this has been around for a decade now, so it's not like this is a brand new concept. But you go, all right, am I going to have less people coming into the ballpark if they don't have jerseys to buy? And and really, all my best uh, imports yep. and, and all my on all my uh, maybe not free agents, but all all my stars are up upstairs in the front office. The 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 calculator, the button pushers, those are my most valuable guys because they can go around and look and draft a guy in the nineteenth round that they think is going to be a future all star or is going to be a you know a, a consistent player, and they can do that. And yet every year the team on the field changes, and you've got an Oakland A's situation mm-hmm. that very easily could be part of the thought process. And you go, what kind of team do I want? And again, I, I know you'll you'll have some issue with this, but I see it as as what it could be, it could be, do I, you know, want to make the fans happy? And so they know the players, they've got the stars, they can buy those jerseys. They're coming out to Coors Field, having a good time, no matter what the team is doing in the standings, or do I want to win a championship? Even if that means plugging and playing and all these weird guys that you've never heard of, but trust me, are very undervalued. And I think to some degree, there are those conversations going on and, 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 it's not to say that you still can't have the stars 
and win a, win a championship. But I think if those are the two extremes yeah, I mean, I, in I some think ways, you can do both. But I yeah, I would agree. I think he, he's if he's worried about doing something like that. Oh, and you well, go I, to the ballpark and you're not. You you're, don't really know who's yeah. on the team, even if no, they're I, doing pretty good. Yeah. You definitely don't know who's on the team. I mean, I. You know, I, I did early. I, I I push back against when you speculate about Nick Monfort a lot, but I'll I'll take all the equivocation out of that. He definitely worries about that. Yeah, he one hundred percent worries about that. But I also am of the mind that you can have and star players and and win as well, or have those stars and scrubs. Players. stars and scrubs. Why not? Uh, yeah, and that's what I think they should be. That's what I think they should be. But if I was given the opportunity to walk into Dick Monfort's office during this very pivotal time in the team's history and try to convince him of anything. And it was, a, we had this conversation with Michaela a few days ago on the podcast, uh, maybe it was a few weeks ago now about Trevor story for your future or John Gray for your future. This is what needs to be understood. Redefine and resell what a star player is. And some of this is on you. Some of this is on fan buy-in and media buy-in and two. Get get a PR guy to help you with some of that stuff as well, but ultimately, you've got to be able to build your team around star players who also fit the right mold to help you win. It's not, uh, you know, I wouldn't try to make it convince him you don't need those players because I think he believes that he does, and I understand why that's the case. But you can make Kyle Freeland. John Gray, Armand Marquez, Austin Gomber, whoever the next ones of those guys, if they had drafted and developed and, and rolled up their system a bit better, or if Rollison's going to be the next one of those. We talked about all those guys. Go and check out that podcast from yeah. the other day. We talked yeah. about all those guys in the system. There's a lot of promise there. Fully embrace McMahon, What you know, whatever it needs to be, but it's like ultimately like you can have those position players some of the time, but they're not what drive your team. They're not what drive success. It has to be these other things. And then you can have that. And then if you really want to sign Trevor Story to the thing, but you already signed Charlie, Dick. You already did that. You you, you got your guy. You know, you got to build on this other thing. And um, that that I don't know which way that conversation is going to go. That'll be That'll be very, very interesting. But I'll tell you who does value all the things that you just talked about and, and having the data, especially when it comes to the draft. That's the former Colorado Rockies head of drafting and current Colorado Rockies GM, Bill Schmidt. He wants those number crunchers too. Yeah. There are people in that room. And here's the final thing I'll say on this. We've gone a little long today, but it's uh, it's been a far better conversation than I thought it would. It was a crap road trip, and who cares about the baseball on the field? Uh, <laughs> but, and there's no baseball game tomorrow. And there's no ball game tomorrow. So yeah, we're get, we're, we're trying to make this into a two parter. So uh, take a break. Yeah, First half going at it like two Rams. Uh, we we should we should say two two Buffalo. Let's be honest, right? We're in Boulder here. Right. Um, but yeah, no game tomorrow is weird. But yes. Put a, put a beautiful cap on this bad boy. Put the icing on. Put the cherry on. Yeah. Put the whipped cream. Throw some sprinkles on it, baby boy. The Silver Linings Podcast. <laughs> I'll, I'll hear every once in a while somebody say they just don't know what they're doing in that front office down there. And and I don't do this because I'm not – I don't want to big time anybody. This isn't the point of the conversation. But I'm tempted to say every time someone says this to me, 
Name them, please. Because what you're talking about, again, is the owner. And the owner says some dumb stuff, and he does some dumb stuff. But he is not the day-to-day operating manager of the ball club right now. And there are a lot of people in that room whose names you don't know, probably. And if you do, it's because you've probably paid very close to this uh, attention to this podcast. You're like, John Weil? I don't remember hearing about that. Oh, yeah, Zach Rosenthal, Zach Wilson. I remember this, Zach. Sure, sure. Bill Schmidt, I remember you guys talking about him a lot, brother. And a lot more people who are in that room arguing for the right things. And I think that that's, that's part of something that I want people to remember is because it's easy to paint with a, a blanket brush and say, no one down there knows what they're doing. But everyone down there is an individual. And I promise you there are people in the room saying the right things. And I get why there are people saying, yeah, but I don't believe that the that it's getting through or that it's going to be heard or that it's going to be heard enough. But there are those people. So take that with you. Remember that. It's not an echo chamber of one person just sitting there going, we're not going to do this and everything is going to be done exactly the same. One way or another, whether it's for better or, or whatever, the next era of Rockies baseball will be different than the last one was. I promise you that. What happens now is we're just sitting in the bathroom, huddled up in the corner in the dark, hoping for this sickness to go away because there's no insight and we feel like crap, right? But they're there. And maybe that new era means New Jersey's? Mm-hmm. Hey. City Connect. They should at least do the City Connect. Right. The and Red Sox one. Additional logo. They don't need a yeah. new logo. The logo's fine. It's Triceratops. I want a Triceratops logo. logos. A Dinger style logo. All that stuff. I really do think, and this is part of, I, I think, that disconnect. is I, I feel that the second this season ends, <laughs> the new era of Rockies baseball really does begin in earnest. That there re- there's going to be a bunch of new people coming in, both in that front office on the roster. It's just going to be all new. I hope there are logo changes, additions to the jersey. Blow the whole thing out. Like when the Nuggets drafted Carmelo Anthony and they just look like a completely different team after that, right? Just go. Reconfigure the stadium. Move move, I'm move the outfield fences. We're crazy. All, yes, all of it. It's it's your excuse. And maybe, maybe you're right with what you said earlier that 100 losses is almost an excuse to do all of that. I say do it anyway. I don't need the hundred. Just do it. But if that's what it takes, then I'll root for a hundred losses, despite it going against my prediction. If that's really what it would take, I would root for it because it's all right there in front of them. The play, as we say in baseball, is right in front of you. It's right there. This might be an off-season topic to do, or a perfect one in the middle of this crazy season. <laughs> What do the 2071 Colorado Rockies look like? <laughs> 50 years, right? And just pitching I, all I kinds of crazy things, right? Season, dudes, like 2071. <laughs> all kind. Well, we know there'll be like hologram fans where you actually, you know, you put the VR headset on, you're actually in Coors Field. Robots playing. A full, you know, 360 party deck situation going on. Outfield fences, you know, that. There's some there's some fun things to explore there. So you can come up with the craziest things that could actually happen. And then, you know, on the 53rd or 52nd anniversary of DNVR, 
we'll go back and, and watch it on YouTube. And people go, <laughs> remember when people used to have a laptop? Right. right? It was like VHS tapes and cassette right. tapes. Right. Listening to this particular episode they were talking remember, about. Remember when you couldn't just close your eyes and on the inside of your eyelids, you could just watch whatever you wanted to? Can you believe people used to actually have to plug something in to electricity? So weird. Yeah. How about that so for tying weird. it all back together? So <laughs> Indeed. What a weird, weird-ass baseball game. The guy who's on the team, the 26th man on the roster. Hasn't had a hit since, I think, 2018. No, he's had a couple already this year for the Rockies. But it just looked like he <laughs> he struck out on a ball that hit him with a runner. At That's the, with the bases pretty rare. Even. Yeah. They did it was that Tony Walters-esque. Where they, they struck out. Did they, they strike out the side with the bases loaded twice? Bases loaded. Struck out. A couple looking. I think Adams didn't even look uh, the bat off of his shoulder. And he just and then he comes through with the with the game winner. Baseball. <laughs> hey, you know what that is? That's baseball. Base. Oh, oh, dude. <laughs> we didn't even do the damn thing. I have to do this or we'll get in trouble with the sponsors. I'm so glad we didn't. Well, Jonathan Daza chipped in with two hits. <laughs> but crazy. most importantly, because we well, we had to have two outcomes. Uh, what happens if the Rockies lose? And then well, the Rockies aren't gonna win, so don't worry about that. So we gotta and then all of a sudden, we had a king of the game. We had a Very guy well. who, again, I said it early on, Charlie Blackman uh, threw the Rockies on his back. And, I, and if you saw a tweet earlier, again, another reason to follow me at Patrick D. Lyons, follow Drew at Drew Creaseman, at Michaela E. Perkins, at DNVR underscore Rockies. We got all these different fun facts. Only the fifth time this season that someone on the Rockies had multiple extra base hits, and then he had a third one. So yeah. now I got to go back and figure that one out. Yeah. Because you had three extra base hits on the road. <laughs> against the worst pitching team in all of baseball. But that's besides the point. It's miracle work for this team at that point. Really did. You know, he got him off the schneid with the 17 innings without having scored a run. He finally drove one in there, legged it out for a triple, and then uh, the game tying one there. Uh, in the How end. much must those guys in, the, in that club have revered Charlie right now? Especially with a story up on the shelf. He might not even be with the club now at this point. Yeah. He, may, he, may be go, he may have already flown back to Denver. Yeah. But like Charlie is the dad. He's everything. He is everything to those guys. And uh, yeah. yeah, I'm with you. I just, uh, Charlie for life, man. Just sign him, just sign him for life and let him do the thing. But DH him and, and uh, yeah. <laughs> Give me that DH before. Today. If we were, if we were still, if we were still able to go into that clubhouse, I, I guarantee you, we would see that Charlie Bobble, Charlie Blackman bobblehead that they gave away a couple weeks ago, and every guy's every like, "No, yeah. I want one. Right. I want one. I'm one of my own too, as well." Totally. Oh man, Elijah Green, here we come. <laughs> yeah, Charlie Blackman, congratulations, king of the game. That's right. Uh, all right, everyone. Thanks for hanging out with us, despite, you know, everything rough, rough road trip for your Colorado Rockies. But as Will pointed out in actual regulation, <laughs> in yeah. normal and they're coming back, they're coming, coming back and they're good at home. That's what it's going to be really interesting as we follow all the puzzling storylines of this season will continue to be. Can they be that bad on the road and keep coming back to Coors and suddenly finding it like that's having fun or two course fields fun man that's what it's going to be fun. the weather's going to be nice next week like i remember a couple years ago in june it was still like rainy 50 some degrees and it was like are we going to get a summer we're getting a summer it out. starts tomorrow 
for the most of the world uh, in Amer or most of America and in typical Rockies fashion. It starts for Rockies fans on Tuesday, but still, we get to celebrate. <laughs> right we get that. to celebrate on Tuesday back at the ballpark, Rangers, A's. Let's go. This is great. Yeah, let's do it. Let's do the thing. <laughs> so thank you all for hanging out with us for that. Uh, join us in the upcoming week as they return home and probably play better baseball, and we'll continue to evaluate these young players what they can or can't mean for the future. I did one more shout out to Jordan Sheffield. I thought he was really good today. <laughs> Just random. But again, that's the kind of thing I, uh, I like paying attention to during these times. There'll probably be more and more prospect updates coming your way and start looking forward to the draft because, again, this team is really all about the future coming up. Uh, we'll be paying attention to all those things. And they're going to be playing the futures game here in Colorado. Remember that? All that yeah. stuff comes with the All-Star game. So keep hanging out with us for our long looks into the future and our odd looks at what in the hell just happened on the baseball field because that was funny. Thank you all for hanging out with us. Make sure you're subscribed to the dnvr.com. Following everybody on social media at Patrick D. Lyons, at Drew Creaseman, at DNVR underscore Rockies. Of course, give at Michaela E. Perkins a follow. Keep hanging out with us, being absolutely awesome baseball fans out there. We promise to keep being absolutely Patrick Lyons and Drew Creaseman in here. And until next time, we will see you at the ballpark.